Life Audio. Welcome to the Homeschooling Families Podcast. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and I am so glad you're here. Today, we have a fantastic guest with us to talk all about testing resources for our homeschool. This is one of the things that I always struggled with when my children were younger because our course of study was so different than their public school peers. So I'm excited for both of us to learn all about a resource for homeschool families that will give you a great option to use to meet state requirements or just assess where your kiddos are academically. Kimberly Farley is with us today. Kimberly began her career as an occupational therapist, but left the field of pediatric OT to invest in full-time home education. She graduated her three children from homeschool, and they've all attended private colleges with significant scholarships. Kimberly was first a mom using CLT in her homeschool before she joined the company, but now she's the director of homeschool partnerships at CLT, where she works with both homeschool organizations and partner colleges. Kimberly enjoys helping homeschool families navigate the high school years in the college process to find where their students will thrive. She remains actively involved with homeschool students by volunteering as director and coach of a speech and debate club and serving the national organization. Before we dive into today's episode, I want to personally invite you to join us for one of our upcoming events. There truly is nothing quite like getting together with thousands of like-minded homeschoolers to grow together, fellowship together, laugh together, learn together, and just generally get recharged together. At Teach Them Diligently events, we not only feature the content you would expect at a homeschool conference, covering all areas of academics, organizations, etc., but we also have a distinctly Christian family focus in a lot of content specifically designed to strengthen marriages, give parenting advice and counsel, and more. With special activities for each member of the family, Teach Them Diligently events are experiences you can't afford to miss. So make your plans to join us next May in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, or Branson, Missouri. We can't wait to see you there. Go to teachthemdiligently.net today for more details and secure your tickets now. Now, there is a lot for us to unpack today, so don't go anywhere. Kimberly and I will be right back after a short break. Kimberly, welcome to the podcast. I am so glad you're here. Thanks so much for having me, Leslie. I've been really looking forward to this. I have too, and I I feel like I need to tell everybody, if I get emotional while we're talking, we had a connection moment as we were talking before. We are from the same little teeny tiny town in Kentucky and have a lot of connections. I just, I love how small the world is and just the fact that we can connect with people all over the place. That just absolutely made my day. Well, your family was such a blessing to my family. And so we are grateful that we could make this connection. And I also told you I'd been coming to teach them diligently since we were fairly early in our homeschool years. And so I am Really excited that we kind of come full circle. And now as a veteran homeschool mom, I get to talk to you. Well, yeah. And actually talk to me about something that was a real struggle for me when my kids were younger. So I am really, really excited about what you guys are doing and and really excited to jump into a conversation about this. But first, I want you to tell everybody a little bit about where you're coming from 
and kind of where you are at this stage of your your homeschool journey and and kind of your career as a mom and all that stuff. Sure. Yeah, I have graduated all three of mine. So we didn't start from the get-go in homeschooling, uh, but the Lord really laid it on my husband and my heart when the kids were in uh, fifth grade, third grade, and kindergarten. And we just knew that the Lord was calling us to something very different. And so we fought against it a little bit. I think there's always that struggle of, you know, I don't know that I can do this. I'm not equipped. I'm not patient enough to do this. And so, you know, I fought against that for quite a while. But finally, I think the Lord just got such a hold of my heart. You know, I I call them those two by four moments because I am a little hard headed sometimes. And the Lord has to use really obvious things to get my attention. So we started homeschooling second, fourth and sixth grade. We actually took my son we had waited a year to send him to school because his birthday was one of those summer birthdays. And so once we were ready to begin, everybody, like it didn't matter how old he was now. It was, you know, where he was academically. So we kind of started sixth, fourth and second grade. And then, you know, I, I say that my biggest regret is that we didn't do it from the get go. And, you know, so we finished, graduated all the kids. And I'm just so thankful they all chose beautiful Christian colleges where they went and they were able to thrive or are able to thrive there. And so I started working for CLT, you know, as my kids were graduating and I was running out of things to do. (laughs) And my husband was saying, are you going to go back to work at some point now that, you know, this isn't taking up, you know, all day, every day. And so I didn't really want to go back to therapy again. It's really hard on my body. And I thought this is not a good second career. So I reached out to CLT because I had been a big advocate for them since we had started using CLT. And I had told all of my homeschool friends about it. And so I ended up reaching out to CLT, connecting with them. And it has been a huge blessing in my life. Not only did I get to go back to work doing something that I truly love, advocating for something that I passionately believe in, but it's I'm part of that movement that brings education opportunities to a variety of people who are choosing to leave the public school system in many ways. And so, you know, just being part of that movement that says we can reclaim education as something that is holistic and traditional and reconnecting knowledge and virtue. You know, I think that's why all of us homeschooled predominantly is to make sure that there was something more to what we were offering, not just, you know, here's a skill set that we need to check off. And so CLT is very much part of that movement to reclaim knowledge and virtue as part of the education process. Yeah, that is that is so good. And And, you know, when I was, when my kids were growing up, it was really hard to find resources and assessments and stuff that kind of fit with the the path that we were taking. So I wish, and, you know, maybe CLT was around when my kids were younger and I just missed it. But I really wish that there had been something like this. But I wanted I wanted you to to start by just telling us what is CLT and kind of what is the the mindset. You kind of alluded to it a little bit as you were telling about yourself, but but I would really love to talk about you know, testing and why and all of these things. But but first, I want to learn about this tool that you guys have provided. And, and you know, what is the, the whole point behind it? Sure. So our founder was working in a private Christian school. 
and they were trying to offer a philosophy class, you know, to discuss the big questions in life. You know, why are we here? Why does it matter? What is the good life? All that. And they had these remarkable young people, but nobody would sign up for the class. And he started asking why. And they said, well, you don't get any AP points for it. This is nothing that's going to be on the SAT. And he said, but this is these are some of the most important things that we can ask. And they said, yeah, but, you know, we're not ever tested on it. So it doesn't matter. And he said, well, the problem is not what we're offering in schools, but instead what we're testing because we're communicating what's really important by what we are testing. So there should be a better option that actually cares about the things that matter and puts those in front of students on the test. And so he went about putting together a team that would create a test that featured the very best of what has been written and said throughout time. So I'm sure, you know, the audience would all well know that so much of what is on standardized tests now goes through censorship committees. And you can't have any reference to God or any reference to marriage or, you know, these things that could upset someone while they are taking an exam. And CLT said, wait a minute, the very, you know, the very idea behind what we believe as a culture, how we were shaped as a country and as a society is very much influenced, not only by people like Nietzsche, but also by the great theologians of the past. And so we cannot scrub the Christian intellectual tradition from our exams if we hope to actually give our students a basis of understanding how we got where we are today. And so CLT focuses on passages on our exams. Students will encounter passages that are predominantly from classic literature and historical works. And so you will see, you know, philosophy and religion passages. You may see Augustine C.S. Lewis, as well as Aristotle and Benjamin Franklin and, you know, Thomas Paine and some of these. So these are the kinds of authors that appear on our exams. And so we started as a college entrance exam alternative to ACTSAT. We've been slowly adding tests over the coming years, you know, that that followed. And so we are excited this spring we will release for full use our third through 12th grade testing. So yeah, we are we are very blessed. And third graders, obviously, not reading Augustine, but they may get to read <laughs> passages from like Charlotte's Web and things that should yeah. that should really engage their their imagination. You know, get them excited about what they're encountering. Yeah, that is that is so good, and I'm so glad that there is an alternative because I was telling you before I live in South Carolina where we are not required to do testing every year, but I did do testing when my kids were younger and I found that the questions that were on there were so out of out of line with what they were learning and even what I would want them to learn that they weren't scoring well on those kind of those parts of the test and it was discouraging to them um so we we actually just kind of stopped until they got to high school but I always wished that I had had some kind of a tool to assess how they were doing, where their strengths were, you know, what we really needed to shore up. And I I imagine, and I'm, I guess this is kind of a question for you, but I would imagine that having a resource like that to assess where your kids are at all stages of their education is actually really valuable. After a short break, we'll be right back to talk even more about this. 
Yes. You know, we found the same thing, Leslie. We were in a state that did require end-of-year testing. And so we were using tools like Iowa or Stanford. And my kids would do great on all of the reading, math, you know, basic language arts kind of stuff, right? Those were things that we pretty much had in common. But then science and, you know, what they were calling social studies and some of these more I guess the subjects that are more driven by scope and sequence and what you decide to test each year, those we were not fitting those at all. You know, we weren't doing civics. We were doing ancient history or, you know, so there was always this disparity between, you know, how they performed, but they were just being tested on things that they weren't familiar with. So in building assessments, CLT looked at what is really necessary. And if you think about it, what is necessary for students to succeed? is good reading comprehension, good language and communication skills, and good math and thinking skills. And so CLT's tests are really made up of those things. We're looking at language arts. There is grammar, like formal grammar is assessed because, you know, I think most of us have come to the conclusion that you really do need to know some formal grammar in order to write and communicate well. We also, of course, reading. If you can read well, you can do science and social studies and all of the other things because you can read and learn that information. And so, you know, we do have some science passages that pop up on our exam. There's there's always a couple of them on each exam, but they're not based on how much you know about science. Instead, it's based on can you read and interpret the information about a scientific topic. And so that's what we have really focused on. But the other thing that makes CLT so different is that we really look at reasoning skills. So Again, homeschool families ask probably more questions than anyone I know. You know, we're always trying to make sure that they're making the bigger connection, right. not just do they have this skill, but now that they have that skill, what are they going to do with it? Can they actually apply critical thinking? So, you know, I probably asked my kids a gazillion questions every day. They were probably a little sick of my questions, <laughs> but it didn't matter whether we were you know, in a church service and on our way home, or whether we were watching a political speech or, you know, or an ad came on, you know, somewhere, we would start asking questions. Well, do you think that's true? Do you think there's a bias behind that? Where did they get that information? Can you think of any alternative explanations? You know, oh, we just read this book. What does that remind you of? Where are these other connections? Well, CLT is also getting at some of those deeper skills. We're really looking at reasoning. In our math section, we feature logic questions even. And so I think for homeschooling families that really care about application of information, not just the information itself, it is a really good fit. I personally believe it's one of the reasons why homeschoolers perform so well on the CLT is because we're giving them points specifically for reasoning and critical analysis skills. That is awesome. Yeah, because that goes so much in line, like you noted, with the way that we are we are engaging with them. So much of the way that I taught my kids was through conversation. You know, we would we would read, we would discuss, we would break it down. You know, they would kind of feed it back to me. There's there's a whole lot of reasoning and tying things together. And so to actually lean into that is is really, really exciting to hear. You know, for those who are listening in who have not really considered testing or or these kind of assessments for their kids before. What is what's really the goal of of doing something like this at at various points throughout their education? Sure. Well, I looked at testing a couple of different ways. So one is 
You know, a lot of people will say testing is going away. We look at what happened during COVID. There was such a surge in test optional admissions. And so we don't have to worry about testing anymore. But if you look at how testing is used on a broader scale, not just in college admissions, which, by the way, a lot of it is coming back in college admissions. But, you know, on a broader scale, if you're going to go into the military, you're probably going to have to take an ASVAB if you're going in, like enlisting out of high school, right? If you are going to go into a trade, you may have to take a certification exam. Most medical fields require certification, you know, registration kind of exams. My husband still takes exams to this day to show competency with new skills that he's acquired as new software packages are rolled out. He's a computer guy, um, you know, and so throughout time, we're we're still encountering a lot of testing. My oldest son's in law school. A lot of where he went was determined by his LSAT score. So, you know, there's even though we've seen maybe not as much emphasis on college entrance exams, there's still a lot of testing in in life, right? You may encounter this no matter what career path you're choosing. So one, I wanted my kids to be comfortable with testing and not be freaked out by it. If the first time they encounter testing that is standardized, timed, you know, multiple choice is in a high stakes exam, I think that's a real disservice to our kids because it really heightens their anxiety. Yeah, so true. If we can introduce it a little earlier with a gentler you know, introduction with us really downplaying the the importance of it, you know, just saying it's some one other thing that we're going to do this year, then it helps them to build confidence. So it's not such a scary thing when there is a lot riding on it. The second side of that, though, was I really wanted valuable information. I think in staying home with our children and being their primary educators all day, every day, you know, we know if they've missed the math problem. That's obvious, right? We can check their work. We know how they're progressing. But sometimes it's really hard to grasp what exactly their strengths and areas for improvement are because yeah. we're very accustomed to our kids and we're accustomed to the type of work that they do. We can sometimes lose sight of the fact that they are really going gangbusters in a particular area. Yeah. And we need to strengthen that and give them more opportunities and lean into those strengths. But it can also help us sometimes if we don't realize that maybe they're not putting all the pieces together the way they should. And so having something a little different than your daily questions and your daily curriculum that you can do once or twice a year can just provide a lot of really helpful feedback to you so that you have this objective piece. Now, I always tell people, you know, I think standardized tests have been overemphasized and promised to be like the predictor of success and all of that. I don't believe any of that. I believe that, you know, that your your student's character has a lot more to do with where they're going to go in life than the results of a standardized test. But a test can be one tool in your toolbox to make sure that you're maximizing their education opportunities while they're at home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you you said something that was intriguing to me again i'm coming at this from someone who really didn't utilize this so i i am i i'm learning so much as you're talking and actually so much of what you're saying makes so much sense to me now that i'm kind of looking backwards and thinking oh that would have been amazing to to get an idea of where they were really excelling or where there was a little bit of a deficiency that i could have have really helped them with because i had like you noted i didn't even have another student of their same age to compare them to. So it was just 
you know, me and that child at that grade level or or whatever. So that would have been so, so helpful. But you noted that, you know, this is something that you could do once or twice a year to to really get an idea of those things. How do you have any, you know, practical tips for how these families could incorporate these kind of tests or assessments into kind of their their homeschool year? Sure. If you haven't done any standardized testing before, it can be helpful to do something at the beginning of the year as they are, you know, if, especially elementary school. Now, I will tell you most of the research shows that prior to third grade, they're not really that predictive. They're not helpful or accurate in saying, oh, this is where your student is really excelling. This is where they need some extra support. Probably because reading skills and analysis skills are just not really all that present prior to about third grade. But once we hit third grade, the research shows that you can get some pretty accurate results. And so, you know, starting around third grade, And, you know, doing it once, maybe twice a year if you need to establish a baseline, but definitely, you know, going either at the end of every year and comparing year over year how they're performing. Are they progressing? Are those strengths continuing to grow? But are those areas of weakness maybe, you know, are are you doing what you can there to help your kid really progress in that area and and use those strengths to improve the areas where they're not as strong? So I think it's really helpful, you know, CLT's new exams for third through sixth grade. Well, it's really our third through eighth grade exams will all have Lexile and Quantile levels. So a Lexile level really helps you understand your student's ideal reading level, too, so that you can choose books that are just the right challenge for your student. And so even something like that can really help you, you know, oh, well, you know, this was kind of the idea of what we wanted to do for the year, but my kid's reading at a higher level than would be indicated for their grade. So I'm going to give them books that are at the right level so that we continue to grow and, and thrive in reading and we continue to get, you know, challenges there. And so I think that's where it's really helpful is just matching the right challenge to your student. As they get to high school, I do recommend, especially if they're going to do college or something where they're going to go on and have to do further testing, It can be helpful at that stage to do a little more frequent testing just because they tend to get more familiar with it. It builds confidence as they do it. So in ninth and 10th grade, like we have a CLT 10 for ninth and 10th graders and they can do that. Then they start to build more confidence and ability. And then when they switch over to the college entrance exam, they're probably going to do it quite well with much lower stress. So I think that's that's kind of the approach that we used. We would test annually in the lower grades. Once we got to high school, we, you know, we upped the testing a little bit so that my kids were not intimidated by it. That makes so much sense and is is really, really helpful to to kind of grasp the way that we can use these these tests better. Are these tests, the, the CLT specifically, is this a resource that the states accept, that colleges accept? Is it is it a widely um, accepted resource now, or is it still new that you're kind of kind of charting a course there? Yeah, it's a little bit of both at this stage. I would say we're definitely more widely known than we used to be. As far as state acceptance for end-of-year testing, we do have on our website an interactive map that shows you homeschool end-of-year testing requirements and which states we meet those requirements in. We are fully norm-referenced, so nationally norm-referenced, 3 through 12, 
So in those states, you know, where that's the standard of a nationally norm referenced exam, then we do meet that. States like Virginia, North Carolina, um, I will forget a bunch of them right now, but I think Ohio just dropped their testing requirements, actually. So some of those that if it's a nationally norm referenced exam, yes, we need it. There are a few others that have a lot of extra requirements on there. Something like it must be administered by a certified teacher or there's a few states where only the state public school testing will satisfy. So obviously we don't meet those. But, you know, by and large, these states are using it. It's really interesting right now. Colleges, we have a little over 250 partner colleges. Those are predominantly faith-based liberal arts schools that say, hey, there's great connection here between what you're seeing on the college entrance exam and what you're going to read when you get to college, right? They're they're going to be handed Plato's Republic or, or Nicomachean Ethics by Aristotle at a lot of these institutions of higher learning. And so the CLT is actually a really good predictor for those kinds of schools because it shows that students can read and interact with those kinds of texts and not just stuff that was written, you know, in the last 10 or 12 years by a journalist like you encounter on most of the other exams. But we have recently had a lot of gains in Florida. We are now tied to the Bright Future Scholarship and all of the state universities in Florida are now partners as well. So it's it's growing. There's a lot of interest from some other states now that Florida has gone this way also. So I think that it's just going to keep growing. We've been getting a lot of a lot of people reaching out to us and even on different levels from the state, like looking to use it for private schools and making sure that it's an approved use for private schools as well. Yeah, that is that's really, really exciting that it is gaining so much traction. And I think that probably the growth of just the homeschooling community at large in the country is is helping that a lot because as more and more people discover the freedom and the flexibility and the power of home education, regardless of the catalyst that got them there, I think that you're going to see that movement just continue to grow, which will probably make the desire for tests like yours continue to grow as well. Yeah, absolutely. Because one of the problems with school choice, whether it's you know going to a charter school or a private school, or homeschooling is if you're assessing everyone with the same measure and it's tied to a public school scope and sequence as pretty much all of the assessments are, we don't really have choice, right? And that we have to show how we fit into the same box. Well, homeschoolers need a different box. We, you know, we kind of blow the lid and the sides and every other part of the box away and our students are thriving. They're outperforming their peers. They need a place where they can demonstrate that and not have to be squeezed into this mold that was set by someone that doesn't really understand what we're doing. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Well, we are just about out of time, Kimberly, but I want you to tell everybody before we go exactly where they can learn about the CLT and, and really how they can start engaging with it. So, you know, if you have elementary kids? Is it a physical test? Is it an online test? How does it look for the older kids? Kind of what are some options? Because I know that if I was listening to this right now, I would be ready to go check it out and figure out how I could start incorporating it into my homeschool. So I want to make sure that we give them as much information as we can to to, speed that process along for them. 
Yes, thank you. So the best way to reach us is to go to our website, cltexam.com. And so you can go there. You can read about all the different tests and the opportunities. The spring testing, so in April through May, we will have our third through eighth grade testing. We don't have anything for this fall for those lower grades yet. We're finishing up all of the norm referencing testing for those. But if you're a seventh or eighth grader, we do have those available in November and in March and then again in April, May. And the high school tests, though, are up and running all the time. We have about a once a month test right now for our college entrance exam. All of our exams are ministered online and at home. And so parents can proctor those exams up until the college entrance exam. We have over $100 million in scholarships tied to CLT scores by our partner colleges. So those we have to remotely proctor. But yeah, there's most families are accessing it online at home. All of our exams are around two hours in length. And so you can do them. It's not a total disruption. It's not a week-long project. You know, this is something that you can easily do in a short period of time. And, you know, and then you're going to get valuable information back. Now, if you are working with a homeschool co-op or a group that really wants paper testing, especially for those younger students, we can administer as a group at your co-op, you know, like we would a school. And so if you want to reach out to me directly, I'm happy to set your co-op up with some testing. So my email is kfarley at cltexam.com. And so I would be happy to work with any co-ops that want to do group testing for their students. Oh, that is great. And we will be sure that we link all of these resources. We'll put all of those in the show notes along with your email address and that word about the co-ops, because I I mean, that would be a tremendous thing to offer families to have it all done there together. So I appreciate that you guys make that available as well. So Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us today. It has, it's been informative. It's been, I'm so excited for what you guys are doing. And so I'm just really glad that you were here to tell us all about it. Thank you so much, Leslie. It has been my pleasure. And, you know, I hope to see a lot of the families at Teach Them Diligently this spring in May. I will be there in both Branson and in Pigeon Forge. Well, yay. That is awesome. I can't wait to see you there. Um, and we'll we'll catch up more about uh, Green Up and, and all the, the memories there. So it'll be a good time. Yes. Thank you. All right. To everyone else, thank you guys so much for joining us today. I hope that you're as excited as I am about this resource and how it can help you really assess where your kids are, prepare them well for the next stage, and just give you those tools that you really need to to educate them very, very well and confidently. You know, one of the great outcomes of a heart schooling approach is our kids come out because of the time that we have spent investing in relationships and investing in them, discipling and and so on, going for their hearts. They generally come out on a much better foundation as far as understanding their strengths, their purpose, their how they fit. And this really gives you a lot of insight as you are helping them figure that out and to really, really lean into those strengths that God has given them so that they can be all that he has called them to be. So I encourage you to check the CLT out. We will give you all of those resources in the show notes. And then do make your plans to join us at Teach Them Diligently in May. Uh, You're going to want to sit down and talk to Kimberly, I'm sure. And then you will have a great time learning and growing together with thousands of other homeschoolers. So go to teachthemdiligently.net and you can check out our events there. 
Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining me today. It's my prayer that every episode of the Homeschooling Families podcast helps to strengthen your family by giving you biblical and practical ways to raise your children and educate them well. We'd love to engage with you more, so check out teachthemdiligently.net to find out about the resources and experiences we offer Christian homeschooling families like yours all year long. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you'll find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and a whole lot more. Mm-hmm.